Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Welcome to Wednesday on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. I'm Chris Towers. Here's Heath Cummings. We're here without Adam Azer, so I'm hosting today. Heath, how do you feel about that? Welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, I'm welcoming myself back. Oh, welcome back. I haven't been here in almost a week. I thought it was. I thought it was peaceful. It, I, I'm sure you enjoyed it. This is going to be much more fun, though. Why? It's just you're hosting, which is always fun for everyone involved, and I'm back, which is more fun. So it's gonna be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We've got quite a bit to talk about from Tuesday night, and I was told by Adam Azer that we can't spend too much time talking about Chris Sale, but we'll get to that shortly. We'll talk about some players that it might be time to drop. Some. Uh, Big injury news, Blake Snell on the DL. We'll talk about that, or IL, sorry. And uh, a couple other interesting pitching performances. But first, what's your biggest standout from Tuesday night? Uh, I'm going to go with Mike Miner. He uh, got off to a terrible start to the season. I think gave up six runs in his first start against the Cubs and has been just fantastic ever since. Complete game shutout against the Angels on Tuesday night. Three straight starts now of at least seven innings. No more than two runs allowed in any of those starts. And he is someone who we got a little bit excited about last year from time to time. I think he's 56% owned right now. When a guy's going this well, I think he needs to be close to 100% owned until we see how real it is. How high are you going to move him in your rankings based on what we've seen so far? Um, You know, I just did a like massive rankings update yesterday. So I hesitate to do another one today, but he looks to me like a like a borderline top fifty guy. Like we've got these guys right around, and I'll just look at the range because there, there's this group of pitchers in the low fifties: Domingo Herman, Carlos Rodon, um, Brad Keller. I think he belongs right in that range of guys that we're not really sure if they're going to be good but we need to roster them because it looks like they might. Would you drop Mike fulton for him? Uh, it's hilarious because that group of pitchers I gave you are just ahead of the injured pitchers that are almost back group, or maybe fulton is almost back. He may just stay in the minor leagues. They keep pushing him back. I I think I'd rather have minor than Fulte, but full disclosure, I've been the lowest guy on Mike fulton since throughout his breakout. What about Tuki Toussaint? Um, I know you're a big fan of his. I ha- I would rank him slightly ahead of Toussaint. I would pro- I would have a hard time dropping Toussaint. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into more of yesterday's action. My standout, Colin McHugh, for that crazy Matrix, Matrix yeah. play that he made. It was almost the really wrong thing to do, like trying to do- dodge backwards from a uh, a pitch coming at or a ball just coming catch at. it why are you ducking out of the way well it just, or just go forward which is where your momentum's carrying you he almost got like nailed in the face yeah that would have been bad but it was an amazing play it was incredible so that was my Tuesday and he was very good also so it fits multiple ways he did throw six shutout innings he's been awesome all year how high have you ranked him he is not yet starting yeah. pitcher eligible so I have him right in the same Brad Keller range in my RP rankings so I, I do think he probably deserves a little bump up now and needs to be in the 40 range. 
I still have some question marks about how many innings he's going to throw and whether at some point they'll say, okay, Colin McHugh is going to go to the bullpen for two weeks now and Brad Peacock is going to be a starter. Sure. Uh, Adam's not here, but we'll talk about what happened in Yankee Stadium last night because it was a fascinating performance between two guys who were both coming into the game struggling, Chris Sale and James Paxton. One of them left the game still struggling, but there might have actually been some positive signs for Chris Sale last night. He gave up four earned runs in five innings of work, seven hits, six strikeouts, uh, season high, 12 swinging strikes, and averaged 95.5 miles per hour with his fastball. Was this a good start or a bad start for Chris Sale? I think it's definitively a bad start when you go five innings and give up four runs. I think he lowered his ERA. He probably did lower his ERA. He definitely increased his strikeout rates. But I do think like if you were on the I'm either buying or holding Chris Sale train, this makes you feel just a little bit better. Because before we were doing it mostly because he'd been so good in the past. There was nothing he was showing us that made us think he was good this year. At least in this start... We got a little bit of encouragement, and it's just worth noting that this Yankees lineup he was facing was not the A-team Yankees. It was not the B-team Yankees. This was like the the D-minus team Yankees. Um, So that's not a good thing. But, no, I I was mild. It was a moral victory is the way I put it in the waiver wire column. There there was a moral victory. Yeah, he averaged 95.5. He was hitting 97, 98 with the fastball. Only one swinging strike on 33 fastballs. Barely threw the changeup yesterday. Still a lot of command problems. Still too many balls left inside the strike zone. Gave up nine batted balls that were hit at least 95 miles per hour. I mean, to a certain extent, he sort of got Babbitt to death. But even then, you look at his season, and it's a 310 Babbitt. So right. I'm still just kind of i i'm not doing anything you won't buy sell well if you have him you have to do something y- yeah no i don't you're gonna leave him in your starting lineup no but i wouldn't have so started, you're benching but him. i wouldn't have started him today you're benching him right but i mean in terms of roster but you won't sell him no and i won't buy him i'm paralyzed with fear about chris sale now you gotta do something what about james paxton through 110 pitches 20 swinging strikes 12 strikeouts eight innings and not, I mean, it's been a not great Boston lineup so far, but we still think this is one of the talent, most talented lineups in the league. They didn't have Andrew Benintendi yesterday. He's missed a couple games with a foot injury, but against a left-handed pitcher, that wouldn't change the outlook of this lineup so much. No more worries about James Paxton? Paxton's one of the guys that when I was doing my rankings update yesterday, I realized I had not moved him up or down the entire season. And I thought, well, he's pitching tonight. I'll just wait, and I won't move him up or down. I'm still not going to move him up or down. He's my 14th starting pitcher. I think on a per-start basis, he's probably going to be close to an ace most of the time. I do still have concerns about, is he ever going to throw 180 innings in the major leagues? And I think you have to have concerns about the home runs pitching at Yankee Stadium when he's always had problems with home runs or or had problems in the past at times with home runs. So this was a very encouraging start. I'm not changing my opinion of James Paxton. I hadn't changed it when he was bad. Yeah, 391 ERA for the season, 318 FIP, 31 strikeouts in 23 innings. So it really it is the the home runs. And whether he can keep those to just it's always going to be a problem because he's a fly ball pitcher, but if he can keep them to a relatively normal rate, he's going to be pretty good. Uh, we'll bring up one more guy who definitely wasn't in the James Paxton-Chris Sale discussion before the season, but 
maybe putting himself in there now. I know you've got Tyler Glass now near your top 20, but not inside of it, right? In a night of weird starts, this was another weird start for Tyler Glass now because I looked, I think, in the fourth inning, mm-hmm. and he's going up against the Orioles. Great matchup. He's been dominant. And in the fourth inning in this game, he'd given up seven hits and two runs and had one strikeout. And somehow got to the seventh, didn't walk anybody again, which is fantastic. Uh, it's kind of weird to pitch against the Orioles and have three strikeouts over seven innings for a dominant starting pitcher. But yeah, he is he's part of that group of starting pitchers that I've moved right to the precipice of the ace tier. Yeah, seven innings, seven hits, two earned runs, three strikeouts, no walks. Got through seven innings on 87 pitches. I believe he hasn't thrown more than 90 pitches in a start so far. So here's our email of the day, and it has to do with both Tyler Glass now and Chris Sale. Oh, no. No. Joe. I, uh, that's who wrote this email in. Sorry, I was Don't do this to us, Joe. Hey, guys. I don't want to say this. Hey, guys. Love the show. Listen every day. I mean, you, you kind of have to answer his question. Now that he loves the show. I'm glad you listen every day, Joe. Thank you. I was curious if you could take a couple minutes and really dissect Tyler Glass now. Is he this year's Blake Snell? Would you sell high, buy high? Has he faced an easy schedule? Another aspect he's noticed so far among fantasy baseball people, he's a real popular sell candidate to try to go get one of the struggling aces. In years past, selling him for a Kluber, Snell, Granke, Bueller, Nola, etc. would be a no-brainer. But if it really is a breakout for him, is it easier said than done? And what about sale for Glass now? I think he could be this year's Blake Snell. I don't I'm not ready to say that he is this year's Blake Snell. I don't think his ceiling is quite as high as what Snell's is. Um but I'm pretty much all in. I'm I'm buying high now. At the same time, I would sell him for one of the struggling aces. Any one of them? There's not Bueller, Nola, the Uber Sale, Grant. You would you would trade him for Granky? I would trade him for Granky. You would trade him for Sale right now? I don't want to do that. That's the that's what I Answer knew was question. coming. I would. If somebody sent me Chris Sale for Tyler Glass. Now, yes, I would accept it. Okay. Um, the one that I am a little concerned about that's the closest to him in the rankings is Walker Bueller, just because I had concerns about Walker Bueller in August and September. And now he's not been very good in April. And so I don't know if I'm getting two to three months of a very good starting pitcher. And you just have to assume Hyunjin Ryu is going to come back. Somebody else is going to come back. And I say, okay, Walker, it's your turn for the IL. Just for a couple weeks. Sure. Uh, Through four starts, 24 innings, at least six innings in three of his four starts. The only one he didn't was five innings of one run on his first start against Houston, his toughest matchup of the season. The schedule has been a little light so far. Uh, last three starts at San Francisco, at Chicago White Sox, and versus Baltimore. It's not exactly a murderer's row. He has no. 24 strikeouts in 24 innings, only three walks. That's the incredible thing. 113 ERA, .88 whip. This was a guy who couldn't find the strike zone for most of his time. In well, the- yeah, and we talk about how zone percentage doesn't really correlate with walk rate. But for a guy like a guy like him that kind of has trouble with that, I do think it's encouraging that he's up over fifty percent of his pitches in the strike zone for the first time. He's actually at fifty-eight, which might be too much. Uh, but with his stuff, it might also might work. Yeah, that this was something that I pointed out in a piece I wrote on Monday on CBSSports.com, where if you look at the the strike zone map for him, it's not that he's necessarily 
always pitching in the strike zone, but he, when he's missing in this out of the strike zone, it's where you would want him to. It's fastball high, curveball low, and there's not a lot of missing east or west, I guess, to the to the sides of the plate. It's been mostly vertical, and that's what you would hope for with a guy like him who has that fastball, has that big curveball. So I've been really impressed with what we've seen. I don't know if he's an ace yet, but I'm certainly... So you're not doing anything with Chris Sale at all, but if you have Chris Sale and someone sends you Tyler Glass now and no other pieces... The good news is I don't have Chris Sale I don't, anymore. I, that's not the question. Um, I think you would probably have to take that deal. You would take Glass now? No, you, I would take Sale. Okay. But I wouldn't feel great about it. No. Uh, let's talk about some of the big news from Tuesday. Blake Snell was placed on the 10-day IL with a fractured fourth toe. Uh, was trying to move something. Least important. That's your ring toe, right? Yeah. When no, you wear your toe ring at the beach, you put it on that toe. <laughs> why, why is that relevant? <laughs> it's your ring toe. Do you wear ring, toe rings? No. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, he was moving something in his bathroom, apparently, after taking a shower and dropped a huge piece of marble on his toe, so... Uh, but looks like he might only miss one start as a result of this, so that's good news. Uh, Greg Bird was placed on the injured list with a left plantar fascia tear. We'll be in a walking boot for two weeks. Safe to say. I mean, you probably should have dropped Greg Bird before this, but... And that's why I said it was the Yankees' D-minus lineup and not their F lineup, because Greg Bird wasn't in it. Mike Talkman did start. Uh, Yankees acquired him from the Rockies just before the season. He went two for four with a home run. He'll probably see a little more playing time with Greg Bird out. Uh, Cody Bellinger was out of the lineup with a knee injury yesterday, but he did appear in the on-deck circle late in the game. Would have come in for as a pinch hitter if the opportunity had come up, so looks like it's not that serious. Andrew Benintendi missed his second straight game with a foot injury. Any concerns there at this point? Not yet. Any concerns about his performance yet? Nope. Blake Swihart was DFA'd by the Red Sox. That one's sort of interesting because he's a catcher, a catcher uh, who presumably still has some potential. At least that's the way he gets talked about. He, I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the track record, he basically hasn't been good at any point since like 2014. But he could probably be a low 700s OPS catcher if he catches on somewhere and gets regular playing time. There are probably a lot of teams out there who could use. A flyer. The problem is he's not very good as a defensive catcher either, right? No, he's not considered to be. So you're not not a good hitter and not a good catcher. Yeah, yeah. If he ca- if he ends up somewhere where he gets regular playing time, he'll be worth looking at in yeah. a, in a two catcher league, but not someone you run out and get. Hyunjin Ryu is expected back in the rotation within a week. He threw a forty pitch quote aggressive bullpen session yesterday, so that's great news. Doesn't look like this groin injury is as serious as the one he suffered last year, which was the initial diagnosis. That's great to hear. Is he must start when he's healthy? Yeah. I, I, I've i got him on several DLs right now because I couldn't believe he was available in the 20th round of some of our drafts. This is bad news for Julio Urias, most likely. Uh, sounds like he'll be the first to go out. Unless, I mean, the Dodgers may find someone else to put on the IL in the next five days. Shohei Otani will not require a minor league rehab assignment. He's going to start facing live batting practice in the next week or so. I kind of feel like I saw that news blurb, and I kind of feel like it should read Shohei Otani will not be accepting a minor league rehab assignment. Shohei Otani does not want to ride buses. It could be that. <laughs> uh, 
So he's going to take live batting practice in the next week or so. If he's available anywhere as a DH, is he a must-add now that he's on the road to returning? Yeah, yeah, for sure. What are your expectations? Not quite as good as he was last year, but I think he'll hit some home runs, steal some bases, be a, a top 100 hitter. Okay. Tyler O'Neill was placed on the injured list with an elbow ulnar nerve subluxation. Yeah. Which doesn't sound good. Apparently he injured it uh, making that throw that Scott and Adam were making fun of yesterday. So They were making good fun job, of an injured guys. man. Uh, apparently so. No compassion uh, with those two. Do we expect Jose Martinez to get more playing time? I think he'll get more playing time. I just don't know that he'll still get regular playing time. They still need Dexter Fowler to disappear. Yeah, Fowler's having a weird season because he has like a 360 on base percentage so far, but he's basically doing nothing else. Lots of singles. That's good. And some walks. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about a little bit of rankings before we go to a break. Uh, mentioned it a little earlier, but Colin McHugh is not starting pitcher eligible. He needs one more appearance. Where exactly would you put him at your starting pitcher rankings? And there are a couple of guys like this. because Oh, we're going to get to them. We're going to get to those guys too. Okay. Well, I assume Brandon Woodruff is one of them. Um, McHugh, I would put at 56. Seems a little low to me. I think it could be 10 spots low. Um, like you get up into the forties and you've got like, would you put him ahead of Matthew Boyd? Yes, you would. Yeah. Okay. Cause Boyd's been better than he has. He has been better than, than McHugh, but McHugh's been awesome so far. He's been very good, and I, I, I would accept that maybe he should be in the in the low forties. I, I wouldn't be able to put him ahead of you, Darvish. Sure. Who I have at forty one. That seems fair. Um, I still like Trevor Richards a little bit better. Who I have at forty two. I think they're very similar. Um, but yeah, in that in that forty five to fifty five range. What about Brad Peacock? He should be back in the rotation in another week or so. Who knows how long that'll last? This time around. Where would you put him once he's starting pitcher eligible? He's going to be right around 60 because I don't expect him to stay. Like I think it's going to be a situation like this where he does a little bit of bouncing around. And I don't know how when he's doing that, it seems less likely he's going to give you seven innings as a starter. Maybe a lot of five-inning starts, which does cap the upside. I was, it's kind of like with Chris Paddock. He's been awesome so far. But he doesn't really rank that high. It's hard to get wins when you go five innings and you don't get any of those points. Julio Arias probably in the same range once he becomes starting pitcher eligible or a little lower because there's less certainty about the role. I I would I'm probably too much of a Arias believer, mm-hmm. and so I would have him a couple of spots higher than Peacock. It hasn't clicked for him yet, but I still think there's a chance that he goes to the bullpen or the minor leagues for a month and then comes up and then is just awesome for a couple of months. I he he represents kind of an interesting philosophical question when you're ranking. When you move Julio Arias into your starting pitcher ranking, are you ranking him, like, knowing that he'll be in the rotation for however long, are you ranking him where you think he'll be then? and fa- Or are you factoring in the fact that he might be pulled out of the rotation? And are you going to drop him when he gets pulled out of the rotation? Um, it's a combination. Like, I, I know the question you're asking. I'm not ranking him as if I think he's going to finish 62nd in points over the rest of the season. Um, but I'm also not ranking him as high as I think he might be a top 40 starting pitcher for the time he's a starting pitcher. I think it's somewhere in between those two things. Where would you rank Craig Kimbrell 
if and when he signs. And it does sound like he's getting closer to making a decision. There's been a lot of reports over the last couple of days just about Craig Kimbrell in general. So if he ends up signing, let's say the Braves, who are a good but not potential, maybe not great team. Yeah, I'd probably put him seventh or eighth at relief pitcher. He's not going to go ahead of Brad Hand for me, but the rest of those guys have all got just a little bit of question mark. Um, I would expect he's going to need a little bit of time to get sharp, but he'll be one of the best closers in baseball once he is. Where drank Jeremy Jeffress if he ends up closing for the Brewers? He came off the IL yesterday after dealing with shoulder issues in the spring. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to get every save even once that happens, and it sounds like they want to get him in low-leverage situations and really work him into that role. They, it kind of sounds like they still have some questions, even though he said Jeffress says he feels really good. I, I w- I'd see him right around 13, maybe just ahead of Wade Davis. He was not great on his rehab assignment. No. So a little bit concerning there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get to more Tuesday's action, talking about a lot of aces potential aces maybe no longer aces so we'll be right back if you've ever been in the market for a new home you know home shopping can be a lot there's so much you don't know and so much you need to know what are the neighborhoods like what are the schools like who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best and why can't all this information just be in one place well now it is on homes.com As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. All right, let's talk about some aces who are pretty concerning right now. Steven Strasburg, he did have an RBI double yesterday, but against a not great Giants lineup, gave up four earned runs in six innings, six hits. No walks, eight strikeouts, but he gave up three home runs. He now has a 540 ERA, five home runs in 22 and two-thirds innings on the season. What's your level of concern with Steven Strasburg? Did you move him down yesterday? No, okay. because he was pitching that night, and I thought, I'm not going to move him down yet. I, I still don't think I'm probably – like the problem is he's pretty close to the back of the ace tier for me as it was because of injury concerns and because he has had a little bit of ups and downs. But I'm not ready to move him behind guys like Jose Barrios, Tyler Glasnow, uh, Shane Bieber, which is kind of the next tier of starting pitchers. So I still feel pretty confident that Strasburg's going to be okay. I don't expect him to have a 24% home run to fly ball ratio all year, and the home runs have really been the worst thing about him. He's still striking out quite a few batters. The control's still been okay. I, I'm mostly not concerned. I'd put him at a, at a three on the worryometer. That's not the game we're playing. I, that's what I just did, though. Are you more concerned about Steven Strasburg or Jack Flaherty, who was chased after two and two-thirds innings? Granted, it was Milwaukee Brewers and God-level Christian Yelich. Uh, he gave up nine hits, five earned runs, one walk, four strikeouts. He now has a four ERA and has only thrown 18 innings and four starts. 
Well, that's the really fun part is he's now made four starts, and, and one of our emails alluded to this earlier. Schedule matters so much this time of year. And he's made two of his four starts have been at Miller Park. Yeah. He's gone seven innings and given up nine runs in those two starts. He's made two other starts at home against the Dodgers and Padres, 11 innings, 14 strikeouts, one earned run. So I'm a little disappointed in that I was hoping Flaherty was going to take a step this year to a new level. I don't think being bad at Miller Park precludes him from being a borderline ace because really it's only the aces that I would trust at Miller Park against that lineup. And even some of them I don't feel very good at, good about in that park. So I, I don't really have concern. The positive for him, he's only walked four batters in those 18 innings. Yeah, that would have been the concern for me. And so something that I look for early in the season is are when you're either struggling or when you're doing really well, better than expectations, I look for are you struggling in the way that we would have thought you would have struggled? And for Flaherty, it would have been control, and that hasn't been an issue. It's just been the Brewers. Yeah, and even that matchup against the Dodgers, that's a really tough matchup no matter where you're pitching, and he threw six shutout innings. So less concerned about Flaherty than Strasburg? I'm less, I had Strasburg ranked ahead. I still have Strasburg ranked ahead. I'm less concerned about Flaherty justifying that ranking than I am Strasburg justifying his top 15 ranking. Okay, let's talk about some other maybe aces being maybe aces. Is that, is that a good? I'm just so mad at you right now. Why? Because I made reference to Shane Bieber. Uh-huh. You know how I feel about Shane Bieber. Uh, I Some of these that. names and performances are no better than what Shane Bieber did, who you said was not noteworthy last night, and he wasn't spectacular. We'll talk about Shane Bieber. Okay, thank you. I, I promise you. It's okay. It's okay. I'm ready to talk about Jose Quintana now. No, let's talk about Shane Bieber first. <laughs> it's so important. He was going against God-level Seattle Mariners lineup. Six innings, one earned run allowed, five strikeouts, three walks for Shane Bieber. ERA sits at 171 right now. You were maybe the highest person on earth on Shane Bieber. You have him within your top 24 at starting pitcher, right? He is currently, yes. He started the year at 30. How are we feeling about him? I feel fantastic. Now, there are two of his three starts. He has not struck out a batter per inning. One of them, he was absolutely dominant. But he has been everything that I was hoping it would be. This was really his first difficult matchup. He faced the Blue Jays in his first start, and then he was at Detroit. Seattle's been awesome. They did still hit a home run in this game, but not against him. I want The three walks, I wonder if that kind of goes back to what you were talking about at the beginning of the year. He does need to stay out of the strike zone just a little bit, and especially against an offense that's as hot as them, he may have been a little too much out of the strike zone last night. But he has been fantastic. He's been a little fortunate. He's not a below two ERA pitcher, but I I still think he could be a, a below three ERA pitcher. Here's something that I think is really uh, positive about what Shane Bieber's done so far, and this was something that Alex Chamberlain, one of our contributors, wrote about before the season. Last year, Shane Bieber looked like the prototypical bad luck guy, yep. low FIP, high ERA. But what he pointed out was. Bieber didn't put guys away well enough. He had really solid swing, swing, and str- swinging strike rates. Slider looked like a great swinging strike pitch, but he still threw his four-seam fastball 55% of the time against righties with two strikes, 59% of the time against lefties. So far this season, he's lowered that to 44% against lefties. He's using his curveball as the main out pitch and 38% four-seam fastball usage 
with two strikes against righties. That I think can can help fuel him going to the levels where we want him to be. So it's been an, a very encouraging start so yep. far. What about Jose Quintana? Two excellent starts in a row, seven shutout innings again against the Marlins, seven strikeouts, no walks, six hits. Is he back? We well, he have to do. We do have to give the uh, asterisk. It's the Marlins, but that's what I said. Well, no. You, you said oh, okay. against the Marlins, but we need to clarify. Like, you can't get too excited about a start against the Marlins. But that's now it's eighteen strikeouts over his last fourteen innings, and he's given up no runs in those innings. So he was a guy I, I moved fair, fairly early in the season, down just barely outside of my top fifty because he was so bad last year and was just horrible to start the year. A good example of why we shouldn't overreact too much. I will be moving him back up into that number forty starting pitcher range. I don't know that he's back, but the strikeouts are very encouraging. And I think he had, even last year when he was bad, it was kind of surprising how many swinging strikes he was getting at times. So I, I still think there's really a pretty good chance that Quintana is a serviceable starter all year. Quintana or Darvish? I'm going to stick with Darvish, but they'll be all... No, I'm going to go with Quintana. Yeah, he. it is funny. After two starts, he had a 10-29 ERA. Looked disastrous. So really, it was one terrible start. Um, now he has a 3.43 ERA, 29 strikeouts in 21 innings, seven walks. That's yeah, not great, but it's not terrible. He looks a lot better after two starts. Yeah. It is a good example of just don't move your ranking. Af- well, after two starts, there there's still two more starts. Yeah, and then probably 28. Then two more after that. On that. Yep. Uh, so, but yeah, you shouldn't overreact to two starts one way or the other. Max Freed. Speaking of overreacting. Six innings, two earned runs, three strikeouts, one walk. He is Adam Azer's favorite pitcher in the history of baseball. Can we tra- can we just trade him for Chris Sale? I mean, yes, if we could get Chris Sale for Max Fried. Well, we, had to, we have to throw in Gary Sanchez. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, he's on the IL. We're not getting anything out of him anyway. I, I'm a little befuddled by Max Fried. He was pretty exciting last year. Um, just for a short stretch because of his strikeout potential. He throws very hard for a lefty. He has good stuff. He's got like 12 strikeouts in 19 innings this year. And hasn't really had like exceptional strikeout numbers in the past either. It's I said this on Twitter last night, and of course no one agreed. And I have it ranked this way. I would rather have Carlos Rodon. I don't think that's... Absurd. And Carlos Rodon's another guy that if he were breaking out, this is what his breakout would look like. He's right. throwing his slider just a ton. My my thought with him was always he needed to increase the changeup usage. He might be just going the Patrick Corbin route. I will just say if Max Freed is breaking out, this is not what it will look like. Right. He will not be really, really good with five point five K per nine. How high have you moved Matthew Boyd up? Another seven innings versus Pittsburgh, seven strikeouts, three earned runs this time, but I think that gives him four quality starts in a row to open the season, 296 ERA, 111 whip, 36 Ks, and 24 in a third innings. Well, just why don't you just help me out with this? Because I didn't move him yesterday. Okay. At all. Um, I had moved him multiple times. He was all the way up to my number 40 starting pitcher, which is like 50 spots higher than I had him at the start of the year. Sure. I've never really liked Matthew Boyd. He has been so much better than any previous version of Matthew Boyd that we've ever seen. Um, 
So would you rather have Matthew Boyd than Chris Paddock? <laughs> I'm the kind of person who tends to prioritize ERA and whip and rate stats when it comes to starting pitchers. And I would bet Chris Paddock's going to be better at those things and I'll just, you know, let the innings figure themselves out. So I think I would rather have Paddock. Would you rather have Paddock or Boyd or, or Boyd or John Gray? Who is another guy who was very good last night or at least good? Yeah, it was another it was like a five strikeout three walk game, I think. I or Robbie Ray? I think I'd rather have Boyd than Robbie Ray. So you just think I need to move Robbie Ray down? Cole Hamels? I <laughs> That's the tough one. That, there's this there's this range of starting pitchers that for me starts right around Miles Michaelis or Chris Archer, mm-hmm. which is 26, 27 and extends all the way down to like you Darvish with guys that I could see all of these guys being in my top 25 in like two starts. But I'm not really sure what to expect from any of them on a start-to-start basis. That seems very fair. What about Joe Musgrove? He's been excellent to start the season. 22 and a third innings. 0-8-1 ERA. Nearly a strikeout per inning. Very few walks. He was excellent last night. Where are you sitting on Joe Musgrove? Uh, he's moved up a lot in my rankings. He's up to 46 now, so not too far behind Matthew Boyd. I don't think there's the same upside, but he he's looked very good. And, we, and Again, a guy kind of like Mike Miner that we were excited about last year got off to a slow start and then had some mixed results. But I, I think he could be a top 40 starting pitcher. And he's another guy who has upped the slider usage largely at the uh, expense of his fastball, which isn't a bad thing because... He's got kind of middling velocity. So let's let's take Joe Musgrove. You don't like Max Freed. You you seem to like Joe Musgrove. Let's take him as the cutoff. If he's available somewhere, <sighs> are you dropping? Is it so? Next segment's called "Time to Drop." Robbie Ray, Nick Pavetta, Stephen Matz. Are you dropping J- Robbie Ray for Joe Musgrove? I I'm not. I've got this group of pitchers, and Ray and Pavetta are both in the group. Steven Matz is not. He was never ranked near those guys yeah. before. He, he had been very good. Before he had been last night's historically awful start. Like one fifth of the pitcher, worst things anyone's ever done. Fifth pitcher since 1893 to allow eight runs without recording an out in a start. And in fairness to him, Ahmed Rosario should have recorded two outs but made two errors in that same time period. And he still gave up two home runs. Right. He was very, very bad. But I feel like we should give Ahmed Rosario an ERA of like 27 just for that game. So, yes, you would drop Steven Matz for Joe Musgrove. Uh, 100%. Matz or Freed? Freed. Okay. There there are literally dozens of pitchers I'd take over Steven Matz. All right, so Joe Musgrove or Robbie Ray? I'm going to stick with Robbie Ray. I don't think in twenty one in the third innings, twenty six strikeouts, four six four ERA. He is he's been bad, and Adam is very happy with you for talking about how bad Robbie Ray is because Adam hates him. I don't, I I don't think I have any teams where Robbie Ray is my worst pitcher, and somebody might disagree with that. But none of these guys that we're talking about have top six or seven upside. Robbie Ray does. We've seen it. Yeah. yeah, technically. Yeah, I mean, that's actually true. Yeah. It's factually right. Uh, technically correct. Yes, the best kind. 
What about Nick Pavetta? You were really high on Nick Pavetta coming in, expecting the breakout, and he's been awful. 8.35 ERA, 16 strikeouts, 8 walks in 18 the third innings, gave up 3 runs in 5 innings yesterday, 3 walks, 2 strikeouts, probably his best start of the season. Yeah, he's had a couple of those, I think, five-inning, three-run things. And um, I what I said, I think, after his last start was that I wasn't dropping him until May 1st. I do have both Matthew Boyd and Joe Musgrove ranked ahead of him. So if they were available, honestly, I probably would have to. But I, uh, I, I don't really want to. I mean, the good news... Nobody's picking up Nick Pavetta right now. That would help. Yeah. Uh, I I think I've dropped him in one league, and it's just understanding that nobody's likely to pick him up unless they just really have a roster spot to burn right now. It's really sad. Yeah, I don't know. He might just be like the new Ricky Nolasco. We may see Jared or uh, Jared Eikhoff in the rotation. I soon. believe he was called up yesterday. He actually came in to pitch after they took out Pavetta. He didn't do well though, did he? Uh, I. I do I don't know. Okay. All right. I don't know. Let's talk about some tweets. First off, we're going to go with a non-baseball tweet because this is a topic that we love discussing. It's one of these one's got to go tweets. We've got five options for Easter candy. One's got to go. Jelly beans, Reese's peanut butter cups, the egg shaped, uh, peeps, chocolate bunny, chocolate rabbit, I guess would just be again. Yeah, right. Or a Cadbury cream egg. I am, like, a couple things. One, these are supposed to be difficult, and this one's not at all, because one of these things is literally like trash that should only be in the trash and should never be anywhere close to anyone's mouth and especially not being stirred in anyone's tea. See, I think there's two that are... Um, But also, I'm not the best person to ask these questions because I don't love candy that much. Um, I would still say it's easily the peeps that have got to go. I'd be happy to eat any of the other four things. I, I have no interest in a Cadbury cream egg. Have you ever had one? Yes. Okay. It's, it's they're not great. Yeah. They're, they're no. the like if we, if two had to go, yeah. that's what I would say was the next one. Um, but you don't know what's inside that bunny. It's probably like, not. It, it might usually, be hollow. It's usually hollow. It could be hollow. There could be or just it's just like a massive like a gold coin truffle. A truffle. Yeah. Could be anything. <laughs> That'd be a lot. But no, the, the the peeps got to go. I agree. They're too. Everybody but Scott would agree with that. Fill in the blank. Here's some more tweets. I went on Twitter last night. Fill in the blank. I'm panicking about blank. My answer, I don't have enough Yohan Moncada. Yep. Which is a little weird because I've been the biggest Yohan Moncada fan on the podcast. He hit two more home runs yesterday. He's hitting 331 with an OPS. Right around ten thirty. What, what what's something you're panicking about? Um, and I want to be clear: I'm not dropping him. Okay. People have asked me, so I'm not panic dropping him. I don't do that. But I'm panicking about Travis Shaw. Okay, I, it's um, like the strikeouts are out of control. There's only a couple extra base hits. He was dropped to sixth in the order yesterday. They, they're putting Moose in the four hole, and right now that makes sense because Shaw's been awful. Yon Mancata or Travis Shaw? Um, I believe I have Mancata ranked one spot ahead of Mustakas, and Mustakas ranked one spot ahead of Shaw. They're right. both, fun fact, all three of those guys are both second and third base eligible. So you got to you gotta keep it <laughs> consistent. You got to make sure that you're keeping consistent. Yes. All right, 
Next one. I'm panicking about this one's from Collins Allison. Carlos Carrasco. How panicked should we be about Carlos Carrasco? Uh, another pitcher that has not yet moved in my rankings. I believe he has a twelve fifty ERA. Yeah, gave up like seventy two runs against the Royals, which I mean, understandable. <laughs> but I'm not yet that concerned with him. I've not seen anything that, like, I don't think he's probably going to give up a 613 BABIP. A 613 BABIP so far this season. Seems unlucky. <laughs> That's twice as many hits as he should have allowed. Yeah. And maybe he's not, I mean, he's not been as good as he should be, but he's not, like, you're not, you don't have to panic about him. He's okay. At Jay Z Thrash Knoll. I'm panicking about the Mets pitching staff. All of them. Can I hate drop Steven Matz? 100%. What about the rest of the tweet? I would not hate drop Jacob DeGrom or Noah Syndergaard. Seems fair. Um, I am not really concerned. First off, Jason Vargas is terrible. And <laughs> his ERA is a football score. I thought so. I thought his whip was his ERA. And I was like, oh, Jason Vargas has been kind of good this year. His ERA is a football score. He has a 284 whip. Yeah. Um, I am okay dropping Mats. The only guy I'm really concerned about besides him is Wheeler. Just because what he did last year was a little bit weird to me. And he's the control's been terrible so far this season. 11 walks and 15 innings. Um, I'm worried he might not be a top 40 starting pitcher. But Syndergaard and DeGrom will be fine. He is throwing even harder this year. Maybe he should take something off and try to throw a strike. Yeah, 97.6 miles per hour with his fastball so far. Next one, Hispanic at the disco. I'm panicking about Chris Bryant. Should he be? I I don't think so yet, but I, I'm a little bit concerned that we're not going to get the Chris Bryant bounce back that we were hoping for. Um, but I also I, I think he's going to be a lot better than he has been so far. At baseball liker, I'm panicking about Aaron Nola. No, I'm not. I'm not worried. About not it. at all. No. Okay. No concern. That's interesting. Are you? No. Okay. But I mean, most of these guys in the same range. Like I just told you, Carlos Carrasco's got like a 15 ERA, and I wasn't worried about him. I can't be worried about Aaron Nola. His ERA is almost twice as good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> 740. It's the walks. That's the only thing because his control and his command have always been. His calling card going back to college when he was a prospect. Right. And he does have 11 walks in 19 in the third innings. But at this point in the season, especially when it comes to a pitcher, and especially when it comes to an ace-level pitcher, unless there's a physical reason to be concerned, it's really hard to be concerned. Like we said with Jose Quintana, two starts from now, Aaron Nola might have a 2-9 ERA. Yeah, that'd be tough. But because he, <laughs> he's four in. Yeah. Yeah. As two straight complete game shutouts. Okay. At Jeff Crisco, I'm panicking about Charlie Blackman. Same with Chris Bryant. Maybe not going to expect the bounce back season. Well, I think the thing is, and, and you made this point throughout draft season, that uh, sometimes emphatically, his bad season was still awesome. Yes. That that maybe discounted the idea that his bad season at 32 could lead to a worse season as he turned 33. Um, but we haven't really seen like, like the strikeouts have not gone up so far. He's not made, I guess, great contact, but 
I'm not particularly worried. Have the Rockies had like five home games so far? That's that's the thing. He's played tw- 17 games so far. He has 79 plate appearances, four games, 19 plate appearances at home, and he was great in that home series. So for me, no no worry about Charlie Blackman. And the last one, at Micro Jackson, I'm panicking about Fernando Tatis's strikeout rate. I, yeah, I don't know that you should really be all that surprised about Fernando Tatis's strikeout rate. Um, in Double A, he struck out like twenty eight percent of the time. He didn't play in Triple A. He was probably going to strike out a lot. When he is hitting the baseball, he's kind of crushing it. So I'm I'm not worried. I'm more concerned about Eloy Jimenez than I am Fernando Tatis. And both of these guys, it's way too early to actually be concerned. Nothing has been shown to us for either one that makes you question the upside they possess. All right, we're going to take one more break, come back, talk about some bullpen, the rest of the news and notes, a couple of hitters that we probably shouldn't be ignoring or maybe shouldn't be ignoring, and uh, a little bit more to close out the show. We'll be right back. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. All right, so let's talk about some bullpen stuff. And I think, let's start with AJ Minter, who has just been really bad Pretty much every appearance that he's made yesterday, two-thirds of an inning, two hits, one walk, one strikeout, one run allowed, came in in a tie game, got the loss, led to chance of we want Kimbrel yeah. from the Braves crowd. That probably didn't feel good. Uh, how long is A.J. Minter going to be the Braves' closer? Um, well, I don't really get the indication that they're going to be the team that signs Craig Kimbrel because I don't think he's going to accept... A fraction of what, a small fraction of what he's was worth. He wants at least half of what he's actually worth, and I don't think the Braves will pay that. So it probably still depends on how long is Rodas Vizcaino know, on the DL or on the IL. I I'm kind of writing off Vizcaino at this Just point. Like done. Well, because so far early in this season, they've been treating him with kids' gloves, and he still is dealing with shoulder. Maybe they should make one of these 17 starters they have their closer. That would actually be interesting. It would be interesting to see like Sean Newcomb in a starter's role or Tuki Toussaint. I mean, I know we want to see him get a starter, but he he has the stuff that could be really effective out of the bullpen. I don't think, because Mentor got such a late start on the season, I don't think he's probably yet in danger of losing this role, but I don't feel good about having him in my lineup. All right, Ken Giles didn't blow a save, but did give up a run on two hits. He does have 12 strikeouts, five walks, three earned runs, and eight innings. Are you concerned about Ken Giles at all? No. What about Shane Green? Gave up two runs for his first loss. Good. First two runs allowed. Good. He has a I was, 2.0 ER. I was getting super annoyed by Shane Green being the best reliever in baseball, and I'm happy to see him come back to earth a little bit. I believe he is still the best reliever in baseball. Eight saves. 2.0 ERA. Uh, I think Roberto Ozuna has seven saves. Okay, he might be a little bit. And has like a negative four FIP or something. Well, you don't get fantasy points for FIP, Heath. That's true. 
Uh, Jose Alvarado did not get the save for the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday. Uh, Daniel Castillo did. However, Jose Alvarado did come in in the eighth inning, got the hold, and he faced the top of the line. Diego Castillo. Diego Castillo. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, Alvarado came in, pitched a scoreless inning, no base runners allowed, faced the top of the Orioles lineup. That seems okay. Yeah, I think this is going... We knew this was going to be a little messy. Alvarado has been better than anyone could have dreamed of him being so far this year. He might be the best reliever in baseball, just not in fantasy baseball. But he's got four saves just a little bit over a tenth of the way through the season. So he's on a... Like, if he gets 30, he's going to be awesome. Don't worry about it. Uh, We saw a little glimpse of what the Pirates bullpen might look like in the event of a Felipe Rivero trade and... I believe that was one of Adam Azer's preseason predictions, that he'll be the closer for the Red Sox by July. So uh, Felipe Rivera was unavailable. He threw 43 pitches on Sunday. He got Monday and Tuesday off. Keone Kella came in, blew the save. He has an 8-10 ERA. Yep, that's so what their bullpen will look like. That's not super promising if you were uh, hoping to to yep. grab a Pirates closer in the event of a trade. So yep. we'll see if he can turn it around. Let's talk about a few more news and note items before we move on. Andrew Heaney could be back on a mound in 10 to 12 days. That's good news. It's kind of looking a little bit similar to what happened last year. Had the elbow scare right at the start of the season. Ultimately did end up able to pitch and pitch well. So we'll see. Is he someone worth stashing? I don't really think so because his like his pitching well was 180 innings, which is awesome for him of a 4.15 ERA and a strikeout. Per, like, the peripherals were better than that. Yeah, he had a 3.99 FIP, so okay. he's I it was he's better. fine. I I'm not saying anything bad about Andrew Heaney, but he's gonna have a hard like if you told me he was starting tomorrow, he wouldn't be in my top 50 starting pitchers. Okay. Brennan Nimmo left with neck stiffness yesterday. Gene Segura left with hamstring tightness. Doesn't look like either of those is a serious concern. Justin Turner missed yesterday's game after he fouled a pitch off his ankle during batting practice. He was also dealing with some hamstring tightness. So they're going to be super cautious with Justin. He's old and, and has been brittle. So they'll be super cautious with him. Hopefully he'll be back in a couple of days. Ryan McMahon and David Dahl are both playing in extended spring training games in the minors. So that's a good sign as they come back. Garrett Hampson did homer and steal and his steal first this, yeah. base yesterday. Uh, so that was good to see. I don't know if there will be enough time for him to lock down a starting role. He needs to do that again probably today. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. And I think the bigger hope would be that they just kind of stop running Ian Desmond out there yeah, at some point and just let good. the young guys play. I, I think Ian Desmond should send like a bouquet to Chris Davis. <laughs> Because if it wasn't for Chris Davis, everyone would really realize how bad Ian Desmond's been. Yeah. Mike fulton will make his fourth rehab start this weekend. You alluded to it earlier. They just keep pushing it back. I'm not sure. I think two starts ago, he was he didn't throw that many pitches. But he got to 85 in the most recent start. And they said he looked bad. It's, it's bizarre. Well, I, I just wonder if they're thinking that what he did last year was real and they keep waiting for him to look like that in the minor leagues. And he's not that good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Freddie Peralta was placed on the 10-day IL with a shoulder injury. Should be brief, but it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him back in the rotation. No, this is I, this felt more like a, he's bad. And Aaron Hicks hit off a tee and threw in the, on the field Tuesday, so that's a good sign. One of the first signs that he's actually been able to do baseball activities since coming back from that 
back injury still worth stashing? Yeah, I, I like I would rather have Gregory Polanco, but I'd I'd still be holding on to Hicks if I can. Sure, I would expect Gregory Polanco's back before for Aaron sure. Hicks yeah. at this point because he moved up to AAA over the weekend in his rehab assignment. He could be back by next week. Yep. Uh, I think I know your answer to the next two. Good. Should we keep ignoring Avisail Garcia? He went two for four with a home run yesterday and three RBIs. 14 for 31 with seven RBI over his last six games. This is one of those guys that I have just not thought about at any point in the season. So I have been ignoring him. But before I just, like, I I don't think he's very good. Yeah. And the one good year that he had was wholly unsustainable. And now he's in a much worse park than he was in the year that he had that good year when he had like a 390 BAPIP. So I'm not really very excited, but he is playing every day, which I wasn't sure he was going to, to get with that lineup. Um, we should stop ignoring him in five outfielder leagues. And this one... We can probably safely ignore it outside of NL only leagues, but Scott Kingery was a monster last night. Hit another home run yesterday. His OPS is up to like 1,400 in limited opportunities this season. Let's not forget how excited we were about this guy a year ago. There were the, I was, the fantasy. I was base, the poo pooer. The fantasy baseball world. Yes. Now, there was talk about him potentially being a top 100 guy towards the end of drafts last year. Power speed combination. Just no obvious path to playing time right now. The the key will be, um, does Gene Segura take a 10-day stint to rest his hamstring? Yep. Because that, I think that he, he needs somebody to get hurt. And they've got guys on that team that could. Like Bryce Harper has missed time in the past. And, and I think just about anyone gets hurt. Kingery is the fill-in because he can play everywhere. Yeah, I believe um, he was in the lineup yesterday because Reese Hoskins was out. Yes, Franco was at first, and he was playing third. So he's the guy, but he needs a, a significant injury. A hot take, bold prediction. Okay, Scott Kingery starting at third base by July. I don't, I don't like that. Let's not, let's not poo-poo the one good month of Michael Franco's. He's had several good months, career. but I just. I'm not buying it. I went yeah. over some of the batted ball data on yesterday's show, but it's a lot of infield fly balls. He's not hitting the ball particularly hard, particularly consistently. It's been a lot of smoke and mirrors. So, yeah, I don't, um, I don't necessarily disagree with what you said, but I like Michael Franco when he's doing well. So I don't want to hear anything about him losing his job. All right, let's close out with a couple of emails. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. If you want to get your email on the show, Jake, from Germantown, or Brett from Germantown, Wisconsin, excuse me. Yelich for Trout in a points league. Who are you taking? Um, I'm still taking Mike Trout. Yelich has been awesome. I'm still taking Mike Trout. But you've your expectations for Yelich have increased? Maybe. Another home run yesterday, nine on the season. It's ridiculous. Like, if he just stopped hitting so many home runs, I might be more likely to believe it. Which makes all kinds of sense, right? <laughs> It's yeah. too good to be true. No. I he's a he's like my number five outfielder. I like him a lot. I'd still rather have Bryce Harper. Bill writes in head to head points league. He has Ben Intendi, Hicks, Piscotti, Puig, and Winker. Jock Peterson was dropped and is available. Should he add Jock or stay put? Again, Ben Intendi, Hicks, Piscotti, Puig, Winkler. Yeah, that's this is the problem. Um I 
that's too many names. Would you drop Hicks for Jock Peterson? Not unless I desperately needed a starter right now. Would you drop Piscotty for Peterson? No. Okay. And is it worth stashing uh, Mike Clevenger on IL if he was dropped? If you have an IL spot, 100% yes. Okay. Gabriel Leclerc just became available in my league, currently owns Cody Allen and Jordan Hicks. Should he drop Hicks for Leclerc? I hate dropping Jordan Hicks, but I do think I'd rather have LeClerc. I was skeptical of LeClerc coming into this year, but I, you have no reason to not be skeptical of Jordan Hicks, too. So sure. I, I, I'd rather have LeClerc, yes. And last one, Nathan. How would you grade this trade? Adam Eaton and Joe Musgrove give up? Get Jose Abreu. C+. Plus. What about an alternative scenario where he gets Edwin Encarnacion? C minus. Okay. I'd still rather have Abreu. Over Adam Eaton and Joe Musgrove. I, I'm very skeptical how long Adam Eaton's going to be healthy and playing baseball. That's why I think it's more like a B plus. I think that would be a really good trade for this guy to do. Yeah, I wish Abreu had like done something. He's hitting the ball hard. He, he has been a, uh, an exit velocity star. I don't get any so fantasy far. points for exit velocity. Just like Fip. Yep, just like that. All right, that's going to do it for us on this Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to Fantasy Baseball. Thanks for watching uh, on our various video platforms. For Heath Cummings, for Adam Azer. Or Scott White. Or Scott White. I mean, usually not here on Wednesday. Almost never. I'm Chris Towers. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.